and welcome to mini episode 183 of Real Life Ghost Stories. Before we start this week, there are going to be some changes made to the mini episodes going forward. There's going to be some changes around here. I was so intent on making my way through the huge backlog of listener stories that it was only recently when I was preparing a batch of them that I realised I was starting to run low. And I thought, hang on a second... Have I almost caught up with myself in terms of listener stories? Which is great. That is a total success. We're currently in May for the listener stories, but we're rattling through them pretty quickly. But it does mean that I can slow things down a little bit on the mini episodes and actually make them truly mini again because they haven't been mini for a very long time. They've just been full length episodes. So they're going to go back to being a little bit shorter. And some weeks I might be able to replace the mini episode with what would ordinarily be released as a bonus episode. So like an interview with another podcaster or something along those lines. So just to let you know, that's where we're at. It's exciting to be starting to catch up on myself. But I do want to be able to continue doing things like 30 Days of Terror and all that jazz. So I just need to uh, slow it down a little bit, preserve the stories a bit. And also, if you've got a story that you've been meaning to write in, now is the time to do it because the wait time is not going to be horrendous. I mean, it was... The wait time was like a year for a very long time, but now we're slowed back down a bit. So now is the time to write in a story if you have one that you've been meaning to write in. And on that note, let's get started with today's episode. And I have two spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from May the 3rd, 2022. And story number one comes from Neve. I suppose it's worth saying that I believe in the supernatural, but not necessarily in every case. And I do think that certain ghost stories may have alternate explanations. But I have experienced certain things in my life that I feel were definitely paranormal. In episode 13, you read a story from a listener who described the presence of two spirits in her family home, Joe and the poltergeist. Her experience of seeing Joe in her room one night reminded me of a very similar encounter I had when I was about 15. You were baffled by her reaction to seeing him, but I could completely relate because it's more or less the reaction I had when I saw what I believe was a ghost in my room one night. In my room at the time, my bed was along the wall opposite the door and the head of the bed was diagonally across from the door. I usually slept with my bedroom door closed because there was a big Velux window in the ceiling of the landing and it had no blind so the moonlight would often stream in. One Friday night I was fast asleep, but for some reason in the middle of the night I suddenly woke up. When I did I was lying on my side and facing the wall where the door was. My eyes were drawn to the door as I noticed it was open and could sense moonlight. When I looked in the direction of the door I saw a woman standing in the doorway looking in my direction. I instantly knew that it was not my mum and also somehow that it was not an intruder. I don't know how, but I instinctively knew she was a ghost. I remember feeling frozen in terror, not quite because I felt threatened by her. I didn't feel like she meant me any harm, but I just felt unnerved by the whole situation. I can distinctly picture her in my head now thinking about it. It's hard to describe, but I could see her entire outline and her feet were solid like yours or mine. But the further it got up her body, the more faded or translucent she became almost like a hologram, so I couldn't actually see the details of her face. Again, I don't know how, but I could tell she was a middle-aged woman, 
and had fair hair loosely tied back in a low bun. She was wearing dark brown leather court heels, tan tights, a skirt below her knee, a light-coloured blouse tucked in and a wool cardigan. The outfit and the material that the clothes were made of seemed old-fashioned, like maybe one from the 50s or 60s. The process of me taking this all in probably happened in a matter of seconds, but it felt longer. Immediately I turned over in the bed, now with my back facing the door and my face towards the opposite wall. The side of my bed was against the wall and shut my eyes tight. You know the feeling when you're forcing your eyes closed and it feels uncomfortable and you feel like you need to open them. But I was too afraid to open them. And I also had the terrifying thought of what I might see if I did open them. I felt she was now standing right behind me. Somehow I fell back asleep and I know this sounds strange but when I woke up the next morning I felt like the room was empty. And I just got up and went about my morning. That night and the night after I felt a bit uneasy going to bed, kind of hoping and praying that nothing would happen and that I would just sleep through the night. The next morning was Monday and while nothing had happened since I felt unsettled by what had happened on the Friday night, it was the first thing that I said to my friends when I went into school in the morning. We had biology first thing and I remember my conversation with my friends spreading around the room and the chatter came to my teacher's attention. I relayed the story to him. Being a male science teacher in his late 50s, I thought he was going to brush it off or chide me for being ridiculous. But he actually seemed to consider it seriously and said that he believes some souls wander because they feel lost and that I should say a prayer for her to help her find her way to the afterlife. So that is what I did that night and once I did I felt completely at ease in the room again and never really worried about it anymore. Now, I would agree that me feeling at ease after saying the prayer for her could have less to do with it actually working and more to do with its placebo effect on me. However, I really do believe in the legitimacy of the woman that I saw that night, whoever she was or whatever her reasons for visiting me may have been. Another recurring character in your podcast, the creepy, lanky creature that people have described seeing at night or in their dreams, is something that resonates with me and reminds me of something I experienced on several occasions within a particular time frame as a child. My memory of this creature, which despite being over 20 years ago is still vividly etched in my mind, looks more like a Chinese dragon in a parade rather than a biped on all fours. But what does strike me as similar is its incredibly wide mouth, a menacing grin, and the feeling of foreboding that always accompanied it. It's hard to know where exactly to begin with this story. So just to set the scene. I was about six or seven years old at the time and basically what I'm about to describe is something which happened repeatedly over the course of a few weeks. Perhaps not every night, but definitely at least two or three times a week. I have no idea exactly when it started or when it stopped and I have never experienced anything like it since. I will also say that while I dream often and have quite vivid dreams, I rarely ever have nightmares or even scary dreams, and I have never had sleep paralysis or anything like that. My bedroom at the time was a square-shaped room. The head of my bed was against the same wall as the door was on, but the bed was in the middle of the room and the door was in the corner. There was a wall of built-in wardrobes opposite the bed and a large window which took up most of the wall to the left-hand side of the bed as you were lying in it. The house was a bungalow built in the 70s, which my parents later converted and renovated, 
but at the time the house still had some old-fashioned and random features. Above the door into my bedroom there was a random pane of glass and this kind of served as a nightlight for me as it allowed some light from the hall in meaning the room was never completely dark. My parents would always leave the hall light on at night for me and my sister who slept in the room across from me. On the night that this unusual occurrence began there was nothing out of the ordinary. I lay in bed waiting to fall asleep. The bedroom light was off but there was light coming in from the hall through the window above the door. Suddenly out of the corner of my right eye I noticed something moving in the corner of my room just below the ceiling. When I looked over I saw a shadowy creature which like I said reminded my six-year-old self of a Chinese dragon especially in the way it moved kind of slinking along my bedroom wall just below ceiling level. I remember instantly being frozen in terror. Being six years old it would have been early enough at night and my parents would still have been up but I felt unable to call out for them or unable to run to them. All I could do was watch helplessly as this menacing creature crawled its way along the wall to the right-hand side of my bed, across the wall of wardrobes opposite my bed, along the wall to the left of my bed where the window was, and then, as it rounded the corner of that wall and began to make its way towards the head of my bed, I suddenly fell asleep and found myself in a dream where my mum, my sister and I were in an estate agent's, except in the dream it looked like a Wild West saloon. In the dream I felt uneasy and on edge wondering what had happened and where the dragon creature had gone. My mum said she had some paperwork to sign, gave me the keys to our new house and told me to go there with my sister and that she would follow along afterwards. So off we went and we walked through what looked like a stereotypical set of a tumbleweed town in a country and western movie. Where the input for this setting came from I'm not sure because my parents never watched those type of movies. We veered off onto a dirt track that I somehow know led to our new house. Suddenly I got a sense of dread and felt as though we were being watched. I saw a man. He was old and kind of dishevelled looking and he was leaning on a makeshift walking stick. He tried to talk to us, but I caught my sister's hand and kept walking. I felt him following us and tried to pick up the pace to get away from him but he was walking quickly noticeably quickly for an old man and I felt really panicked. The next thing he started to break into a slow run and he was carrying the walking stick in his hand, now no longer needing it for support. I started to run, pulling my sister along as best as I could, her little legs struggling to keep up. I felt him gaining on us. I glanced back over my shoulder and saw him pointing his walking stick at us and muttering. Next thing, it was as though he conjured up a tiger from the tip of his walking stick and the tiger was now bounding after us. I was aware that this is a dream, but yet I felt in real danger. Then we tripped and fell and I looked back and the tiger was mid-pounce. I started to pray, willing to wake up. I say the Hail Mary and as soon as I finish the prayer, I wake up back in my bed feeling scared, but mainly just relieved. And soon after, I fall into a peaceful night's sleep. This exact same pattern of events, and I mean exact same events, down to the last detail, continued on and off for the next few weeks. The only difference after the first night was that from then on I went to bed fearfully anticipating what was to come, and wondering whether or not the dragon would come through the window above my door each night. I remember not mentioning it to my parents straight away, almost too frightened to talk about it, and when I did it was chalked up to a bad dream. I started sleeping with my bedroom light on, but what began to happen then 
was that when my parents were going to bed, they would turn off my light and I would wake up in the middle of the night in the semi-darkness with the light shining in from the hall. And nine times out of ten, the dragon would soon appear in the corner of my room as if he was entering through the window above my door. As the weeks went on, I managed to pluck up some courage. Now, when I would wake up to find my parents had turned my light off, I would jump out of bed as quickly as I could and run to turn off the light in the hall. I figured if there was no light, then there would be no shadows and no dragon. In the end, my parents bought my sister a plug-in nightlight for her room and got into the habit of turning off the hall light after tucking me in. The dragon never came again. I don't know how to rationally explain what this was or why it happened. There was nothing going on in my life that might have triggered nightmares or caused my imagination to run riot. All that I do know is that to this day I can vividly remember every detail of the experience, in particular the menacing sense of dread, and even thinking about it now I feel uneasy. Reading back over these two stories, now I realise that in each case prayer saved the day. So I suppose it's worth mentioning that while I was raised Catholic and believe in God, I don't necessarily subscribe to the Catholic teachings 100%. Rather, I navigate my faith in my own way. All that is to say I don't believe brandishing a crucifix will ward off evil. Yet, in both of these circumstances, prayer was my way of dealing with my fear and it worked. I'm going to assume, Neve, that because of your name, you're Irish Catholic as well. And I think a lot of Irish Catholics have a really complex relationship with Catholicism, with the church, with their own faith. Because being raised in Catholic Ireland when all of the terrible abuses of the church were coming out and also kind of at the same time, if you went to a Catholic primary school or secondary school, even if your family weren't particularly practicing, there was all the Catholicism was intertwined into the schools. And it makes for a really complex relationship, particularly in adulthood. Like I find myself when I'm in trouble, when things are going wrong, when I'm scared, I find myself saying a prayer, even though I would always say that I don't necessarily believe. I don't know what I believe in. So it's funny how these things, you still rely on them because they're what we learned as children, you know. And regardless of whether or not it's a placebo effect, it worked for you. And that's what's important. In regards to the first story, you are right. It does always baffle me (laughs) how our brains do that, particularly at nighttime, where we see something that is out of place or scary or whatever it is. And we just go, do you know what? I'm just going to turn over and go sleep. I don't have time for this. I need to get my eight hours. I'm very tired. I'm not in the mood. So we're just going to ignore the woman standing in my doorway. I wonder if these nighttime apparitions to these things that happen where people see uh, like a woman in this instance who is like dressed kind of old fashioned or whatever. Is that something residual or hate to be that guy? Did it happen regularly at nighttime when you just weren't aware of it? And I quite like the way your teacher responded to it, too. I know that some people might be shocked at the idea of a teacher telling a student to like say a prayer and it would all be okay. But when I went to school, which wasn't that long ago, we had to say prayers at the beginning of every class in school. So, you know, that kind of open religiousness wasn't unusual in Irish schools. And I I don't know what 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 it's like now. I have absolutely no idea. But I know, you know, even what when was I in school? 15 years ago, it wasn't it wasn't that unusual at all for a teacher to say a prayer at the beginning of every lesson. But I quite what I mean is I like that he didn't dismiss her. He didn't just go, well, that's stupid. That's ridiculous. You were obviously dreaming. Because regardless of what people think of of people's individual stories, something happened to them that has impacted them. It has profoundly affected them. Regardless of whether the explanation is paranormal 
or psychological or something in the physical environment, a thing happened that had a profound impact on somebody. And for that reason, it's important to take it seriously and treat it with respect. I'm not sure how I feel about the dragon story. The actual description in your story reminds me of the bit in Star Wars Episode 2. I think it's Episode 2. No, it's Episode 2, where an assassin comes and drops the two like poisonous worms into her room and they're wriggling along the bed. And it makes makes way to one of the greatest pieces of acting in film history with the, um, I sense it too. And then Obi-Wan and, and Anakin... <laughs> burst into the room but that's the vision that I get that is that is what was going through my head at the time and what also went through my head was the BFG the way he would blow dreams in through people's windows what if we got it wrong what if us and Roald Dahl got it wrong that he had the right idea that dreams were delivered to you by something but what if it wasn't by a giant blowing dreams in through your window what if it was in giant worms or dragon type creatures that crawled into your room and delivered your dreams i don't think we've ever had a story with a similar creature so please let me know if you're out there and you have experienced something similar and story number two comes from amy my husband has had a stroke he is only 36 and is in the hospital when i was visiting he kept calling out for officer p When I asked who Officer P was, he said, he lives behind the telly. Fair enough, just a hallucination. Later, I got, the guy in number 70 has shit himself. Something to do with the creature that was running around, but they've caught it now. Just another hallucination, right? There are no hospital cryptids, right? I was dreaming that I was cleaning my teeth when suddenly I woke up to the feeling of being punched suddenly in the stomach. It wasn't part of the dream, as there was nobody else there. I woke up, scrunched up in bed and breathless, but I was completely alone. Another time I was dreaming about something or other, and suddenly woke up like someone had stuck their fingers down my throat. Again, it wasn't part of the dream, and I was completely alone at the time. Amy, I'm so sorry that you and your husband have been dealing with that and have had to go through that. How incredibly awful and I definitely would be in the same position where, whereby I couldn't help but be a little bit freaked if they were saying something. And I was like, okay, I know this is probably like a hallucination or a side effect of what is going on in his brain. But like, can you stop saying those freaky things to me, please? I don't want to know about the man who lives behind the telly. I don't want to know about the creature running around in the hospital. Although the creature one did make me create like an entire narrative in my brain of how weird shit happens in hospitals that you know the normal people just don't know about but when you become a nurse or a doctor in a hospital one day you're sat down and you're told okay you've made this decision that this is the career that you want and now you need to know the truth and not only are you running around in A&E sorting out people's injuries and whatever but you're also trying to sort out a whole world of the supernatural too at the same time all the while trying to keep people from finding out that's somebody write that somebody write that as a series it probably already exists and people are screaming at the podcast going it exists it's called this i wonder if the physical reactions that you had while you were dreaming were stuff that was actually going on in your body at the time like a stabbing pain in your stomach or the feeling of going to vomit or something i have found that in the last over a year i um have developed some very strange sleep habits uh, including sleepwalking 
I find myself doing things in my sleep that I wouldn't have ordinarily done, like moving around. I wake up in strange positions in strange places. And I don't know if if maybe you were like acting out what was happening in your dreams and your body wasn't quite stopping itself. One of my friends is going through a particularly stressful time at the moment and she was telling me that she's been literally flailing around in her sleep and she had no idea only that she shared a room with her mom recently and her mom was like, do you know you do this in your sleep? So when she would eventually fall asleep, she'd be like punching the air, flailing, kicking her legs and she had no idea she was doing any of it. So I think we all do weird things in, in our sleep, to be honest. I kind of want to do one of those um sleep app recorder things, but I'm also a little bit I'm a little bit scared because I don't know what what I'd do if there was like another voice on the recording or something. Thank you so much for listening to today's mini episode. Thank you to Neve and Amy for sending in your stories. Remember the last story came from May the 3rd, 2022. As I said at the beginning of this episode, the mini episodes going forward are going to be just a little bit shorter. They're going to go back to being truly, truly mini episodes as they were intended to be in the beginning. You won't be missing out on any episodes. There will still be an episode every Wednesday, Friday and obviously the Sunday main episode until the point that I run out of listener stories completely at which point I will be doing them in an as and when basis I suppose if you would like to know anything about real life ghost stories you can check out real life ghost stories podcast.com if you would like to send in your story you can send it to real life ghost stories podcast at gmail.com if you are desperate for some extra content you can sign up to patreon.com forward slash real life ghost stories where for five dollars a month or two dollars a month you get access to heaps of extra content and all of the main and mini episodes completely ad free also if you would like to please don't forget to sling a vote for real life ghost stories in the irish podcast awards listeners choice award thank you so much for listening and i will see you next time